Welcome to Podcasting Experiments from the Creative Studio. Most podcasters stick with the normal podcasting practices, but you, you're different. You like to try different things. You do it like this, and then you break the mold. Now, in this fifth season, we're going to be talking with people that are doing something unique with their podcast. Maybe it's their format, their philosophy, their niche, whatever it is. We're going to find out what makes them tick. We're going to see what works and what doesn't. We'll see what we can learn and then be able to apply to our own podcast as well. You can visit our website at podcastingexperiments.com. Hey there, this is Joshua Rivers back with Podcasting Experiments. And I just want to invite you today to listen to this interview that I had with Paul Sading. And so it's going to be an interesting episode for sure. And so he is a podcaster that has started a whole series of podcasts. They are narrative-based podcasts. And so there's three fiction podcasts and there's two more in the making. And there's also a podcast about writing. And so he has uh, several different things going on in this area. And so in our conversation, we're going to talk about how Paul got started in podcasting. We're also going to talk specifically about a little bit more about one of his specific podcasts. It's uh, The Diary of a Madman. And uh, it's a very interesting take on that and so then we're looking at a couple different things regarding like editing uh, episode by episode and then also doing some different things with his fate crafters network and so and then also of course the advantages of belonging to a podcast network and so if that's something that you're interested in i know there's a lot of people that talk about using podcast networks or joining a podcast network or creating a podcast network And so there's definitely advantages to that. And so he talks a little bit about that as well. And so definitely stay tuned to this episode if you want to get this information. Definitely looking forward to this. Now, just before we get into the actual episode here or the interview, I did want to apologize that uh, this episode is a little bit late. I ended up having jury duty. And so my time and mental capacity was being used up elsewhere. And so... It was an interesting experience, definitely, and so I ended up sitting on a murder case, but it did set me behind on being able to get this podcast produced, and so uh, get it published at least. And so anyway, so we are here today with this episode, and you should be able to expect things a little bit more regularly coming up in the future. All right, with that, let's get on to this conversation with Paul. Well, one, I'm honored to be here. So thank you for taking the time and asking me to come on. It's uh, really exciting. I love getting the opportunity to talk to people about the stuff that so many of us are passionate about. I kind of fell into podcasting like a lot of folks do. I was a fan, a listener of podcasts first and started getting interested in, gee, how can I get my voice out there on things that I'm passionate about? Started doing some researching and realized as far as getting into multimedia type stuff. Podcasting is relatively cheap and easy to get into. So, you know, I bought the good old Radio Shack $49 mic kind of thing and just started talking into a mic one day, trying to do a talk show, if you will. When was that? When was it? Gosh, I started getting interested in doing it 2010, doing my research. So 2011 is when I actually started. Okay. So this is year number six already. I cannot believe I've been around that long. (laughs) Excellent. Yes. So I started in doing some just cheesy, horrible talk stuff about sociopolitical issues. I tried a sports one because I'm a huge soccer nut because I was military and I was stationed 
in Europe for a number of years and fell in love with the game there. So that, I mean, I fell on my face a number of times before I really started catching my groove and figuring out how I can just be me and be entertaining for other folks. <laughs> so, and it wasn't until 2015, I finally decided I was doing that talk show stuff, but I was trying to teach people some sociopolitical issues and you can't preach at people and get them to hear you. We're storytellers by nature. The narrative really works for us to learn things. And I'm a teacher by trade. So I figured if I can get this teaching point across through a story, maybe it'll come through more clearly to more folks. And I realized over time that the portions of that nonfiction talk show stuff that I was doing, I did not like. I did not enjoy anymore. It was wearing me out. But the story parts, creating these completely fictional stories to try to get a teaching point across energized me. And that's why back in late 2014, early 2015, I came up with an idea for a fictional podcast. And voila, a couple years later, I've got three fiction podcasts known as audio dramas out there. Fourth one coming, a fifth one coming next year, and a writer's podcast on the side. So I've got a number of projects at one time. Yeah, you definitely sound like the average podcaster once you <laughs> yeah. do one can't stop and <laughs> you can't stop it's so addicting it is excellent yeah so yeah, so we're actually just talking about some of the things that you were doing and so i'm excited to be able to dive in deeper i don't want to get too deep off the record and i wanted to make sure get, get the recording of it and so the first thing that i saw when your name came up and you responded to a request i made you mentioned the diary of a madman and so, of course, at first when I saw it, I was thinking it was like your life story or something like that, but <laughs> that's not what it is at all. Can you kind of get into a little bit more, maybe just what that one specifically is about, and then we'll just kind of dive in a little deeper to some of the things you're doing with all of these. Sure thing. That one is actually the third of the three that are published. So it's my latest audio drama. I had two others before it, one of which is called Subject Found, and it's my true passion project. That's the thing that I give 110% of myself to. While I was doing it, I really enjoy this. I really enjoy writing. I learned the scripting and all that stuff, but I realized doing audio drama is a massive production. It is a lot of heavy lifting. And in between all of this scripting and finding actors and getting them to record, all of that jazz that goes on, I had times where I wasn't creating and it's a void for me. It's a personal passion. I feel I'm here to write and I wasn't able to do it because I was waiting on all these actors to do their part. So I thought, what can I do in this in-between time of Subject Found? That'll be fun. That'll be something I could do on my own and also be a fictional podcast because that's where I get my energy from. So under that constraint, what can I write, act, and produce all on my own without having to rely on other people? And how can I tell a story without boring people? I'm not one for lengthy podcasts. I have a shorter attention span. And when I looked across the landscape in audio drama, I noticed that most folks were going for shows that were 20 minutes to 40 minutes, right in that sweet spot where we as consumers of television and whatnot, were used to that kind of packaging. If you watch an hour-long TV show, you've got about 15 minutes of commercials in there. So you're only getting 45 minutes of content. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that audio dramas would be the same. If you go to the long end, you want to kind of stop at about 45 minutes because we're conditioned to consume that much and we start mentally checking out. But I didn't want to do something that big. I wanted to do something bite-sized. So now I'm restraining myself even more. 
And I thought, what could work in this package? I've had the madman in my head since my early 20s. A lot of maybe your younger listeners or people who can remember their early 20s, you can remember that time you were coming out of your teens. You're now an adult, but you're kind of chained by the world and you want to go change the world, but you're starting to learn a little bit of the frustrations of how it's very difficult to do that as one person. And that madman persona always drifted around in my head since then. This person that's frustrated by what he sees in the world. And I thought, well, here we go. It's a perfect marriage. This is a show I can write, produce and act on my own. And it's something I can do in bite-sized chunks. And nobody else in audio drama is doing three to five minute episodes. The entire episode is three to five minutes. So I took that character, that concept, and the only way I could see it working was by thinking, what if I recorded these air quotes, diary entries of this person and his thoughts? And that is what the show is. So that's how it was born, was just trying to fill that niche during that downtime of doing Subject Found that I still wanted to create. I wanted to tell stories. I love interacting with fans of audio drama. And I wanted to play with something dark because there's not a whole lot of that out there. There are horror shows out there and some of them can be scary. I feel, my opinion only maybe, I just feel that nobody's really taking it to the next level. Nobody is doing the Saw, you know, the movie Saw. Nobody's doing that in audio drama podcast. And I wanted to see if I could do it. <laughs> so it's really an experimental show. It's really me testing the boundaries of what people are willing to accept. And that's kind of been the way I've approached podcasting anyways. One of the reasons why I wanted to have this conversation with you and encourage others to do it is it's still a young medium. There's lines and boundaries that are still there to be tested. And I see a lot of people not necessarily doing it. There's across the spectrum, you see a lot of formulaic podcasting, people doing the same thing the same way. And there are very few people who are willing to really kind of push the envelope a little bit and see what people are willing to tolerate or what they'll even tolerate. And that speaks to any kind of format, any category of podcasting. So that's kind of what Diary of a Madman is for me. Hmm. It's a passion thing. It's there to test the boundaries of audio drama fans and see what they'll accept and what they won't accept. It gives me a chance to play around with things I've never done before. And I'm still learning. I'm not a sound engineer. Everything I do, I've learned on watching YouTube and talking to other folks who do it. And I'm starting to get into the binaural sound design where you can insert low frequency, creepy sounds that people may not even consciously pick up on. It just makes them uneasy while they're listening to an episode and they don't know why. Those kind of things are fun to do, fun to play around with. And that's kind of the purpose that it serves. And it's kind of got its own little niche fan club. It's an interesting one for me because it really either creeps people out or they really dig it. There doesn't seem to be a happy medium with that show. <laughs> <laughs> cool. That's not normally my genre, but I might just listen just from artistic standpoint and just kind of get an idea of what you're actually doing. So I'm probably going to go ahead and listen to that after we get off our call here. And the fun thing about that is anybody who does give it a full season listen, again, it's 24 episodes. All of them are under 10 minutes. If you see anything longer, it's because I've added on little teasers to share other stories that I'm writing. But all the episodes are very quick. But within that 24 episodes of real quick storytelling, you can see a definite rev evolution because I went from that solo person concept all the way actually to a full-fledged audio drama. I ended up bringing people in to act parts out because I started really enjoying where the story was going. You can actually see, you just heard what I said, but then when you go check it out, you'll be like, this is not what that guy was talking about. 
that's why, because I was writing it, I thought, boy, it'd be really fun to have someone do this. Oh, and then I could do that. <laughs> and then it just grew from there. Nice. Man, that sounds sweet. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. And the neat thing about it is because, again, with the power of this platform and the things that you can do with it is I'm able to keep that going. And now I have other writers. It evolved to the point where I said, you know, what? I don't want to write another season of this madman. But on a conceptual level, all of us have frustrations with the world. We see the world our way, right, wrong or indifferent. We see the world our way. We wish other people would understand where we're coming from. And I thought, well, that makes me mad and that makes me mad. I'm not the only one. What about other people? So I opened it up to my listeners and I said, by the end of that first season, I said, hey, if you've got a madman story that you'd love to tell, contact me. And now I've got not only the second season, but the third and fourth seasons are being written by three other writers. The fifth season I was already pitched on. It's the first time a female writer has reached out to me and she wants to create a female madman story for that fifth season. So I already have the next four seasons already in development. And the only thing I'm doing is helping edit when those things come in. And then, of course, I'll start building the episodes when they do. So it's neat that I get to continue this product without all of that upfront investment of doing all that writing myself. Mm -hmm. So another way to leverage your brand, if you will. Okay. So and so as you were developing this, and I know there's a lot of different ways that people can approach this. So I'm just curious about yours. When you were starting in episode one and well, maybe ask you this first. Did you release these? as you were producing them or did you just get them all done and then release them all at the same time or or how did you yeah no that was a mistake that i made at the beginning was producing them as i went that created a lot of pressure that as a creative it takes away your creative energy you start enjoying it less and i learned from that i will adjust in fact talking to you now i'm already editing the second season we're that far that i'm in the production phase of it but I've got all 17 episodes of this second season on my hard drive and I'm editing where I can and I'm not going to release a single thing until all of that is packaged because I'm learning from that first experience. I wouldn't do that and I would discourage anybody who's listening to this and interested in getting into fiction podcasting is to whatever box you're going to put that story in, make sure you've got that entire thing, whether it's one season, if you're going to do an entire series like who Killed Julie, which is a series show I've got coming out, hopefully at the end of 2017, beginning in 2018. That's a seven episode series. Seven episodes and the complete story is done. Nothing will come after that. But I've learned whatever that package is, completely work on it because it is a creative venture. It can be taxing and rushed fiction is very obvious to the listener base and it really detracts from what you're able to produce. Whereas if you keep everything close hold, you get it all polished and prettied in its entirety, and then you release it, oh, you're golden then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could definitely relate to that because as we mentioned before, my season four was a narrative, was on narrative podcasting, but I was doing it in a narrative journalistic style, which takes a lot more work than just a normal type of podcast. And so I started, I gave myself a one episode buffer which I thought was going to be okay, but <laughs> quickly ran through that buffer and then my deadlines come in and go in. And so, yeah, I definitely was feeling that pressure and that stress of having to release. And I got myself to where I was trying to rush through it. I would have to slow myself down because I still wanted to create a 
good product in the end. And so I definitely wish I would have waited and would have probably got the whole thing done before starting to release it. And then maybe still release it once at a time. But, but yeah, I wish I would have done it that way instead. So lesson learned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Man, this is like really cool. I like this. And so it's not just about podcasting because of all the writing aspects and but there's like so much creativity that's going into this and it gives a lot of perspective so that if someone is working on their own podcast, they can be able to take some of these things and be able to hopefully use it and be able to improve their own podcasting workflow and be able to improve even the quality. And so exactly definitely very interesting. And so is there anything else that you're doing? with podcasting that you think is worth mentioning? One of the things that I would really encourage folks to think about is one of the frustrations I see with a lot of folks in podcasting. And again, I've been around the game for a while now, just chatting with you. I didn't realize, I can't believe that I've been doing this for six years now. But one of the consistent things I see, especially from newer folks, is this butting the head against the wall to try to grow an audience and Everybody's different. Everyone's situation is different. But one of the things that I have learned over the years is to really smartly invest your energy. A lot of folks will try to pump out episodes after episodes of the same show, and then they'll wonder, you know, why I can't get more than 100 downloads an episode or whatever it may be for them that they're not happy with. They'll bombard their Twitter timeline and Facebook feeds with, here's the latest episode and go listen. And, and it never seems to grow. And what I don't see a lot of folks doing outside of fiction, we're starting to see it a lot in fiction within the last six months. I would like to believe that I was one of the first ones to really branch out. Again, Diary of a Madman is a straight up dark thriller slash horror. Subject found is lost lore, lost legend thriller. Atheist Apocalypse is a satirical comedy. Who Killed Julie is a drama. I'm all over the spectrum. And I have been for a while, and I'm starting to see more audio drama people do that. They're starting to create separate standalone shows, but they leverage that presence in both of those shows or all three of those shows to drive traffic to each and every one. And I don't necessarily see a lot of that on the nonfiction side. I see a lot of folks frustrated with their podcasting. They're putting 30 hours a week into this show, and it's not growing, and they can't understand why. And they spend money on Facebook ads and all that stuff. That doesn't necessarily work. If you've got another interest, you've got another passion, you've got another skill, and maybe you can't do it alone, but you could partner with a friend who's maybe even across country. One of the most effective ways that I've learned to drive an audience is by having a multiple prong approach, whether that's two shows or your one show and another show you partner with somebody or a group of people, or even standing up a network. One of the things that I did besides starting all of these fiction podcasts. And in doing so, I saw exponential download growth. But I also realized that just like in nonfiction podcasting, in fiction podcasting, companies are taking notice. They're seeing money. They're seeing profit opportunities. And now they're coming in with their money. Anybody who listens to fiction podcasts will know Lawrence Fishburne, for example, has a fiction podcast now. Hollywood has seen the promise of this medium. So they're starting to come in with money and actors and name recognition. I saw this about a year ago and we had some conversations in the audio drama community and I warned people, you got to be thinking, what's your out year plan five years down the road? How are you not going to disappear when more and more 
financially backed audio drama start coming into the marketplace and crowding us out. Very few people listened. Some did. Very few did. But if you go over to iTunes Performing Arts Top 200 and you go look at the bigger shows on that Top 200 ranking, most of them have money behind them. They're not hobbyists like us. So my fear is coming to fruition. So what we did a few months ago, or almost a year ago now, is we started Fake Crafters Network. It's a dedicated audio drama network, and it's a co-op. And I cannot tell you, anybody who hears these words, I'm not giving you a platitude and I'm not trying to sell you anything. It has benefited each and every one of us in that network beyond my wildest expectations. My download numbers, I have not released an episode of Subject Found since early March. We're coming up on six months of no new content coming out. Yet, every single month, I nearly reach my record monthly download total. And it's only since we got active, launched Fate Crafters, and then started doing this co-op approach. And essentially, there's no money involved. You don't pay a fee to get involved into Fate Crafters. We have a contract that you sign that spells out certain cooperative behaviors, things that you're going to do if you want to be a member of this, where we help each other, again, without money changing hands. So the only investment is your time. And because of the group of people that we have, we've all grown. It does my heart so well in our private Facebook group when I see somebody say, I can't believe it. I broke my download listens again. And it's just not being competitive, but all of us working together with one aim in mind. We want to survive when Hollywood continues to pump money behind fiction podcasts and they're not doing it for us, right? They're bringing in their professional actors to do it. We don't want to disappear and it's worked wonders. So if there are folks, I don't care what it is you do. If it's a self-improvement thing, go search out other self-improvement podcasters. See if there's co-op that you all can found, it works wonders. And it's a great way to not have to bombard feeds on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Reddit and all that stuff. And with a little bit of investment in that network, you won't have to worry about doing two or three shows. You could focus on your one show because obviously content is the key, but taking this little concept of co-oping network can really actually expose your show to a whole audience base out there that didn't even know you existed. That's one of the proudest things in the past year that I can brag about because I was very optimistic about it to start, but I had no idea how successful it was going to be. It's one of those things that any podcaster can do and to grow their show and to drive those numbers. And again, we don't do it competitively. We're all in this together. We realize that we're small fries in that big ocean and there's a couple money back sharks circling. We got to do something. (laughs) And it worked. Hmm. I like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's been really pleasurable experience. Definitely. And now our shows start, like when we have a new show start, they actually launch with big download numbers. It's because there's 11 other shows already talking them up before they even release an episode. So it obviously, it makes sense. Right. I like that. Yeah, I know people are starting more podcast networks to be able to try to leverage that type of thing. But I like the way that you've approached it there to be able to do that. And there's definitely power in that. I should probably try to look into that myself, see if I can... Yeah. And again, I've been doing this for a long time. I've been a number of failed networks and I know why they failed. So when I wrote the memorandum of understanding for this, I had all those previous experiences in the back of my mind of what we didn't want to do. And I don't want to scare anybody away from this. You know, 
It's not a lot of work. It's not no work either. There's a sweet spot in the middle that we tried to hit. So there are things that we require all of, myself included, that we require all of us to do. But again, it doesn't detract from that creative energy because that's why we're all here in the first place. And I do. I believe, I honestly believe that any genre, any category of podcasting could do the same thing. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I definitely appreciate the time and I appreciate all the wisdom and the cool things that you're doing there. How would you like people to get a hold of you if you have any questions or if they want to find out more about what you're getting into? Well, Joshua, I appreciate the time. It was really cool of you to have me on. It's an honestly, it's an honor. If anybody cares to reach out to me or ask questions, kind of pick my brain on stuff, they could head over to paulsating.com, P-A-U-L-S-A-T-I-N-G.com. It's got all of my, all the information there. You can contact me on the little contact tab there. There's a newsletter they can sign up if they're interested in getting once a month newsletter from me on all the stuff that's going on. Or if you're interested in that co-op thing, just let me know that you heard me on this podcast and we can have a conversation behind the scenes on what you might be able to do for yourself. I'll, I'll offer that up to your listeners as kind of like a exclusive bonus. <laughs> <laughs> very cool. Very cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind helping. Yeah, we'll definitely have all that in the show notes as well. So if you can't remember that while you're listening, you can be able to go to the show notes and be able to get that information to contact him. Well, very cool. Definitely appreciate it, Paul. And we'll talk to you later. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode. I definitely appreciate it. Now, if you want to get show notes for this, you can go to podcastingexperiments.com and you can be able to get a hold of the notes there. And also, if you are interested in starting a side business or you've started a side business and you're looking for a little bit more help, I don't have all the answers, but I am starting a podcast about starting a side business. And so it's called Side Biz Start. And that will be uh, coming here in a couple of weeks as well. And so definitely stay tuned for that. If you would like to check that out and get a little bit more information and uh, it's going to be me putting together a little bit of my own experience working with side my own side businesses for uh, over the last, I don't remember how many years it is exactly. I kind of dabbled a little bit back in 2003, 2004, but then especially starting in 2009, 2010, uh, I've really started getting a little bit more into actually creating something that was be a little bit more sustainable at that point when I started getting into doing some website design and then in 2014, 2015, when I started switching to doing some podcast production as well, so editing. And so so anyway, that's what my current side biz is. And so I'm going to share some things from my own personal experience, some things that went wrong, some things that went right. Um, and so definitely also going to be sharing some different tips and resources that I've come across because there's a lot of resources out there for people that are entrepreneurs and people trying to start a side business, whether they're trying to grow that to a full-time thing, or if they're trying to use that as just um, something on the side to stay on the side and they don't have a plan to growing that into their own thing. And so there's a lot of resources out there and I plan on sharing a lot of those, some different podcasts, different books, different uh, resources around the internet. And so all the things to be able to help you out, I'm going to help direct you to some of those things. And so, but that'll be coming out early March is the plan. 
Again, side biz start if you would like to check that out. We're going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. I definitely appreciate your time again that you've spent listening to this. If it was uh, beneficial to you, I definitely would ask you to recommend this to a friend, um, share it with other people so that we could be able to help grow the audience. And so, and also if you or someone else, you know, um, have been doing something interesting with podcasting, I would love to be able to talk with you and be able to get you on the podcast as well, or your friend, whoever that is. And so definitely would love to be able to do that, that we can be able to keep bringing on some new and interesting things and be able to get some different spins on how these things are working for other people to see how we can be able to apply them in our own podcast as well. And so with that, we're going to go ahead and sign off for this week and thank you and God bless. Podcasting Experiments is a production of Podcast Guy Media, LLC at podcastguymedia.com.